Yes, hello, welcome, come on in. Sit down and relax. It's time for another episode of Less Than Jays. You can enjoy yourself for the next hour and a bit. And big thing off the top, it's Jake's birthday today. Yay! Congratulations, buddy. Way to be be around for another calendar year. I'm now 34 years old. Holy smokes. What a time to be alive. Some would call that the mid-30s, Jake. Some would call that the mid-30s. I'm feeling it. This is the first birthday I've been like, man, I'm... I usually don't care at all. Right. I've never been like, oh, I'm older. It's my birthday Mm -hmm. now. Today, I'm like, damn, I'm older. Yes. I Similarly, not to make this about me, but it is sort of about me. Um, I did not feel any sort of way about turning 30, but turning 35, I was like, oh, no. I've wasted my life. 30 did absolutely nothing for me in terms of like everyone's like you turn 30 and you're gonna have like you know complex mode or whatever and I didn't uh but uh now not complex but definitely some definitely some thoughts yeah I took the drawer of my life and shook it upside down on the floor around 35 (laughs) years old yeah yeah absolutely and just like the uh mortality yep like what's up, mortality? Yeah, well, we've had no shortage of that in the last couple of years. To to put that also true. Didn't side. really think of that, but also very true. Uh, it just so happened that again, my thirty fifth happened to be two thousand twenty. So it's like there was yeah. no hiding. There was no hiding the like, oh my god, it's all slipping away, and I'm, uh, you know, turning into a skeleton before my very eyes. That's very true. Scary stuff. Anyway, big plans. You got something going on? I know you like to eat meal, so you're going to go out and eat meal. Yeah, we're, we're just gonna go because my birthday's on a Monday, and the restaurant we wanted to go to for dinner is closed. Uh, we're just gonna go for some drinks tonight and eat some like pub food. Yes. Uh, and watch watch some baseball. Then uh, yes. not related to my birthday. Uh, we're going to a show with some friends tomorrow night, and then Wednesday we're gonna do like a. Our usual dinner. We always try and find a seafood restaurant we haven't been to for Hell yeah. days. We decided very early on in our relationship that we don't do gifts because we both don't like the pressure of trying to pick a gift. Sure. So we decided we just do dinners, and it just like co- without meaning to, but then it did end up just being seafood every single time. Nothing wrong with that, man. Seafood. No, we love it. Absolutely rocks. Uh, do you want to share what? You don't have to tell people where you're going on dinner on Wednesday. I'm my morbidly curious. Sh- I'll you share tell it. me off air if you want I'll to. share it uh, next week if it's good. Perfect. I don't want to be like, like, this is the place we're excited to, and then it's just like, Meh. I think I went to Rodney's Oyster House one of my birthdays. We, that was the first one we did. Oh, it's so good. Love Rodney's. Uh, very exciting. And I'll tell you, you know, you said you're going to go to a pub and have regular drinks and eat pub food and watch baseball. Uh, you know, dispatches from the future. That's that's as good as it gets. That's yeah, not bad. That's all you can ask for in this in this workaday world. Might eat some meats and cheese. Oh, hell yeah, hell yes. Uh, that's great. We are a week removed from the Major League Baseball trade deadline. It does feel a little now, like podcast-wise, we've we've lost our North Star. The thing that we are always building towards is the it transactions. Does. It does a little bit, doesn't it? Now we're just sort of like, well, this is the team, and uh, all they can really do is get worse. They all, the, <laughs> all they can do is get hurt and injured. <laughs> There's no real way to tangibly improve unless, uh, you know, 
uh, Zulueta comes up, or or Nate Pearson and Julian Merriweather are magically gifted. I refuse to engage in that again <laughs> this year. <laughs> the tweet came out today from Scott Mitchell about how he, he <laughs> pitched on the. I don't even know Florida coast, coastly. I don't even know where he was pitching, but I was like, I'm I not like, doing this. I'm not I doing that the <laughs> last year. The Merriweather tweets were all like, oh, he could come back and like be a difference maker. And this year, Mitchell, Scotty Mitchell is literally tweeting like, you know, any depth is good. <laughs> is it, though? Um, is it, though, is the question. That depth, uh, you know, we talked we talked a lot in the and listen, egg on my face. You go back to the beginning of the year, Jake. I'm not egg on my face, but I was like, remember, I was like, hey, they're going to win 100 games because they're going to make a big move. Uh, they didn't do that, I realized. I realized that I came into the Tuesday trade deadline show um, wanting to be optimistic and wanting to be like, you know, I think I was like, hey, the tr- the the, the uh, system is, you know, 20th best in baseball. And if you're not going to get rid of the top two guys, there really wasn't a lot to deal from, yada, yada, yada. I look back and I say, man, is there are we going to look at this? I guess, you know, I'm a week removed from the deadline and your uh, feelings about the first week of Whit Merrifield or Anthony Bass or Zach Pop or Mitch White notwithstanding, I wonder now, are we going to look at this as like a, oh boy, in hindsight, this was the very, very open window part of it. Because as young as the core is, as young as, as Vladi and Bo are, you know, you have a you have a, one more season after this of Matt Chapman. You're basically all your pitchers, uh, Gosman, and everyone but Noah, basically, in the rotation is over 30. George Springer's not getting any healthier. That's for damn sure. Do you think we're going to look back at this particular week and say, geez, they should have, they sh- maybe they should have pedaled to the floor a little bit more? I'm so glad that this is how you decided to start today. Because, yes. I've been thinking about it all week. Um, here's... With a, with a week's hindsight from the deadline, and, you know, as we discussed last week, and as I've heard from a few people who know things about things, uh, rival... GMs aren't as wild about the Blue Jays farm system as perhaps Blue Jays fans are. Uh, Born out even more so today with the latest Baseball America rankings in the top 100, and only Moreno and Tiedemann are in the rankings Whoops. of the top 100. Uh, Moreno down to three, and I think Tiedemann is 31st. Uh, which, like, you know, a hey. top three prospect in baseball, nothing to sneeze at. One fielder, one pitcher, balance at least. But as we discussed last week, you're not trading Moreno for anything less than a Soto or an Otani. Uh, and, you know, Tiedemann I don't really care about, but I understand why they're not rushing to trade him. Um, I mean, I care about him, but like, trade him for all I care, whatever. But if that's the case, then I understand there may have been less deals to do. Uh, but. And we know that the, it was a seller's market this year, let's mm-hmm. say. But that being said, the Blue Jays, as currently constructed with and without George Springer, are a very good team. They are currently only nine and a half games back of the New York Yankees for the AL East division lead. And yeah, it's hard to say that it's, it's hard for me to look at the deadline, even if you take out the idea of who other teams added, 
you know, even if you want to ignore Seattle's moves and New York's moves and Houston's moves and just look at the Jays as a whole, it's pretty hard to look at where they currently sit in the standings and how the season's currently gone and not be like, man, they should have pushed harder. Yeah, perhaps my perhaps my flavoring is uh, altered with the desperate series split against the Twins. Who I, listen? I, every single year, I don't care what the records say. I don't care what the lineup says. I always feel like they should beat the Twins, and they never do. Is, is oh, that am I alone it, in that? I'm always like, oh, they're better than the Twins. And then as they, they, soon as as soon as the, the series claw. started, I was flashing back to last September. It's like the second last week of the season, and they had to go to the Minnesota for three, and they got one, and it was just right. frustrating. Josh Donaldson. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder. I do wonder because, as you, as you pointed out very astutely there, we, you see George Springer finally actually going on the IL. I'm sure it'll only be 10 days. 10 days and he's fine. fine. 10 days and he's fine. The, the All-Star break was only seven days off and he needed 10. Um, <laughs> Tim Meza separates his shoulder trying to make a play. Suddenly there's no left-handed reliever. Um, you know, as as much as you can say all the relief help was improvements, you now have zero lefties. I, I know Matt, I'm sure Matt Gage, uh, MDKL, F and Day, Matt Gage will come up and pitch, but they're pretty unproven lefty. Maybe Taylor Saucedo didn't get a lefty, didn't get a, a high end righty. Now you're looking at Whit Merrifield probably playing center field every day for two weeks. Uh, Randall Tapia probably going to swing through there. Um, we have mentioned second base has cooled off considerably. Uh, it, it, it's going to look funny at the end of the year. I think that Santiago Espinal was an all-star. Now looking at like his <laughs> sub-average uh, sort of batting numbers, it's. Are you, are you lower? Are you? I, I feel like I'm lower. I, I feel like I had like the a week ago. I was like everything's going to be fine. There's no real reason to be bent under shape. And now I sort of look at this and I'm like, are they just not that good a team that we did they end up? Did they end up going like, you know, sideways over the course of the year? Obviously, you know, I also try to I also try to remember, like, you know, if they had added Chapman at the deadline instead of in the offseason, we'd be hooting and hollering right now. But they they did what they did when they did it. Um, do you still feel do you still feel the optimism uh, coursing through your veins? There are 12 games over 500 still. I don't know. It's kind of a weird year in that respect, I think. Like they are at this point in the season, they're. At a better position than they were last year. Yes, leading the wild card race. Record wise. By two games. Um, and yet, to your point, the vibes, so to speak, of optimism are very off. Feels weird. It does feel really weird. And, you know, I still think they're a good team. I don't think that, you know, a weakened second base uh, is, you know, the 2015 team got 140 games out of Ryan Goins and Kevin Pillar. Right. I'm not that it doesn't you can be a very good team with one or two positions not OPS plus and 130, you know what I mean? Yeah, and they're not and I should add, I should add. The second base position is not they're not it's not in the in the toilet. It's not no. a dumpster. It's just like Santiago Espinal is not world beating like hitting 300 sort of, you know, way yeah. above average. He's still he's been an average hitter, which for your ninth most important guy uh, who plays good defense is still that's still good Edens. I look at it. There's there's a few things that stand out to me for sort of this home stretch, so to speak. Uh, the biggest I think is Bobichet. 
I was gonna say, are we, are we gonna are we gonna extend the Bobuchet conversation this week? I don't I like. like there's might. not much more to say about it, but I mean, the way this team is constructed, he's you know, you're as you just pointed out, when Espinal's an average hitter as your ninth most important guy, it's okay, but Bo is like third or fourth on the list, or supposed yes. to be, is supposed to be. Yes, he's currently seventh among qualified Blue Jays in OPS. Right, and so. You know, last year you got crazy production out of Marcus Semyon, and you got very good production out of Bo Bichette. And, you know, this year the second base is what it is, and Bo has also diverted to closer to league average. And that's a huge, huge chunk of offense compared to last year, and even though they're winning games still this year, uh, more games than at this point last year, I believe. Uh they're winning differently. For sure. Like last year it was, oh, they're winning because they're just hitting the piss out of the ball. The back half of the season was just Vlad being on another planet. Uh, Springer came back and was amazing. Semyon hit 40 home runs. Bo was great. And then this year, you know, it's Vlad is still a maniac and is on a 18 or 19 game hit streak, but he's not doing it the same way as he did last year. It's not, you know, 45 mammoth dingers kind of thing. Yeah, it's, it's, he's, he's playing well enough. It's, he's not in the MVP conversation, which is yeah, exactly. fair or not where his expectation level is at the moment. And, you know, Matt Chapman has come on in the second half of the season, but that production wasn't there for the first half of the year. As he's, we've discussed second base and both really the, you know, the offense has been carried by... Vlad and Tay Oscar and Lourdes and the catchers up to this point. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it is different and it feels different. And, you know, they're winning games now with Kevin Gosman just being unhittable for a week. And then the pitching, I think, is also a big part of why it feels different because you're just sort of clenching all the time now, unless it's Manoa or Gosman. Last year, you brought in Barrios at the deadline. He was outstanding after the acquisition. You had Ryu still throwing last year. You, know, you had Steven Matz throwing really well. You had Robbie Ray on the Cy Young campaign. It was, it was just a very different... You had Manoa just arriving and being great. So I think, obviously, there was more ads, so to speak, throughout the year last year, which always helps for hype. But I still think they're a good team. I still think they're there. I think it's barring something catastrophic. They're going to make the playoffs. Um, you know, will they go far in the playoffs? I don't know. And that's where I keep coming back to the deadline feel like a mistake because while obviously we don't know what ass were out there and what, you know, interest there was in who, but you know, you look at the plan, so to speak. And like, they must have known that Springer was on the verge of a DL stint. And then you look at sort of the second base situation, and it's hard to like convince me that you couldn't have sent Cavan and something for a nice bullpen piece and added another outfielder for cover and still done what you already did with Wit and the three pitchers. And then everything looks a lot tidier to me. I, I maybe even just one more eighth inning style bullpen arm 
would make it all look much tidier to me. But now you're just, you know, all it took. What they added the three arms, and it was like great. They've beefed up the pen, and all it took was Tim Meza dislocating his shoulder, and now we're back to oh, Trent Thornton's back. And all that addition by subtraction is now immediately reversed. So I just think it's different, but they're not bad or in trouble, I think. But I do think the deadline is a missed opportunity. Yeah, to your point about the catchers, I'll let you finish sort of the overall thing the offense is like, if you could pick a uh, version of the best prospect to have, you probably wouldn't pick a catcher because they, they ended up having a ton of <laughs> performance from there. So it's sort of... Right. Dand if you do, dand if you don't in that way. Sort of a, a little, I don't want to call it unlucky, but a little annoying that the top prospect that they could call up happens to also be a catcher. And you're Jansen and Kirk both playing well enough that there's no space for him. Just sort of the way it, that it's going for them right now. Yeah, and I think if you compare, you know, vibe-wise this year to last year, even though sort of the wins are better or the same in the same world, last year you had, you know, Steven Matz being a surprise. You had Ryu. You had Robbie Ray having a Cy Young year. You had the surprise addition and success of Alec Manoa. You had, you know, Corey Dickerson add, Simber add. So it felt like there was more stuff happening, I think. But like a, yeah, it felt like a build as well. It felt like yeah. it was really building, where I think now it's, it's and we talked about it before, it's hard to build on a, what is already a good team. It's hard to, it it's is. hard to find those places. And I think if we're to look at, you know, the deadline miss, in quotes, uh, missed opportunity, let's say, not that they missed. Um, but I think my concern is sort of just like, what was the plan here? Right. Like, they must have known Springer was going to need to go on the IL because he went on the IL like two days later. I, I sort of knew, and I right, <laughs> yeah, in, in the team, <laughs> and like obviously we don't know what was out there or like what was asked or what the moves could have been, but it's hard for me to look at the team today and not be like, if you're adding Merrifield, you couldn't have sent Cavan and somebody for a reliever and an outfielder. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those tough things when you start to look at. Um, who plays positions and stuff is sort of like all the teams that have good second basemen uh, that fill the hole the Jays need are also good. It sort of yeah. it sort of similarly goes with center fielders, right? Is teams with good center fielders are generally pretty good teams. It's it's hard to it's hard to pry a good center fielder from a team because that's such a huge thing. And and Springer is a good center fielder. Uh, it's going to be tough. And it's like, be interesting. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it kind of feels like to me, and I'm basing this purely off. This is purely speculation. But the way the deadline went down sort of felt like they tried a bunch of stuff that didn't work and then they were scrambling. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe maybe scrambling is a, is a stronger word, but I think I think it's it would be disingenuous to be like, oh, they didn't do anything. They didn't try. Like, I'm sure they oh, no, knocked sh- on yeah. every door they could possibly knock no, on. It I seemed think, like they got pretty I, far I down the road. I don't think this was 2014. Right. For sure. Like, no. It seemed like they got pretty far down the road with Syndergaard. It seemed like they got pretty far down the road with with Montas, even maybe not as far as we'd like to think, but it seemed like they they circled that pretty well and did the diligence. And he got shelled, by the way, in his first start. He but, did. Um, I, I just wonder, like, yeah. it makes me looking at the deadline. If you want to compare the two years, to your point, it felt like a build last year, and there's lots of you know excitement. I to for me this year, the deadline's almost pretty close to being good. 
Right. Like, they're not marquee names, but that's fine. Neither were Sim- was Simber or Dickerson last year, and they were both very valuable to the stretch run last year. For sure. Uh, it feels like it's... I just feel like if they had maybe added one more eighth-inning-style swing-and-miss reliever and or another lefty bat or even just another outfielder in addition to what they did, I'd feel pretty good about it. Yeah. Like, if you take this exact deadline and you add... I don't like. I don't know if they could have done it, but like they add Happ and Robertson, all of a sudden it's like amazing. Yeah, seems like the price would have been crazy, but I, I agree that that was sort of the one that is like, oh, that's that's what it's it's got to be. But maybe that's a little bit of uh, you call it show brain, where you're For sure. sort of like this is, this is the op- this is the obvious thing, and, and it's. You know, a lot of teams, every team that's in, is in contention and thinks they can win uh, is like, oh, we could use a eighth inning reliever and we could use a guy who can play anywhere and hit sure. both sides of the But, again, but then like, yeah. you look at what they did do and, you know, I have no, I actually have no issues really with who they brought in. Right. But you look at what they did or what they didn't do and we went from, oh, we added three solid arms you know we have a lot of addition by subtraction going on here we've stored up the pen we have some backup for the rotation then all it took was an injury to stripling an injury to Mesa, and all of a sudden we're back to well mitch white is starting and trent thornton's back yes like and it happened yeah, for sure so quick to just be like and as we were kind of joking before it took three days to get to Scotty Mitchell tweeting Mary Weathers rehabbing somewhere. Depth is good. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing <laughs> no, it. No, I'm not either. But my point <laughs> I'm is... I'm not doing Mary Weather Pearson. <laughs> but I think this is like what the doing something but not doing enough narrative is for me. Yeah, Where it's sure. like, it was... The ads they made are fine, but it took nothing for it to all of a sudden be back to basically where they just were. I think I'm talked back around into like... They're, it's going to be. They're going to at least. I think they have a shot. They have. They I have a shot. The offer, but you also. My the, other part of my head's like. You know. We. How many times have we seen recently that like you get to the playoffs and the guy that you give the ball to in the seventh eighth seventh eighth inning is like monumentally important. Uh, yeah. We'll see who that will be. I think Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy and Jordan sort of. Uh, your mileage may vary with Jimmy and and Romano is a little hot and cold. We'll see. Who slots into that seventh? If it if it does end up being Anthony Bass, if it ends up being Zach Pop, if it ends up being uh, Simber continuing to sort of smoke and mirrors his way through this, uh, it'll be interesting. But I hold on to the belief. Yeah, and I th- I mean like on any given day, the offense is good enough to run with anybody. For sure, for and, sure. And you know, they're nine and a half back of New York. They have seven games left against them. They have fifteen left against Baltimore. So, yeah. you know, if they lose the division, if they finish second division by three games instead of nine, I don't, with the same team, all of a sudden the optics are totally different. Hosting the wild card seems to be pretty, seems to be pretty, the three, ga- the three games at home seems to be pretty important. I think yeah, that'll be, I think so. That's the real push. Uh, Yankees division would be nice. The Yankees quietly not playing very well in the last 35 games or so. Uh, and Baltimore <laughs> quietly. Easy to do that quietly when you've won like 70 games in August. Certainly. Baltimore quietly playing pretty well. Sort of, I mean, you could almost argue that they got, they're getting Baltimore at the wrong time of year. That's true. Neither here nor there. Uh, we're going to move on. We got uh, more to get to, including the mailbag after this.
Jake, um, boy, obviously heavy, heavy stuff the last couple times we've done this. Uh, how are you in general? A, a big, a big update on how you're doing, because obviously <laughs> I grabbed the mic and ran with it last time. How is everything on your end? How are you? How was your, how was your summer? How was your July? How, how was your yeah, August guess, shaping up? I guess we were. Oh, yeah, it was, it was good. July was good. It's been busy uh, socially, which is good. It really, the best. it feels like we sort of unintentionally, it wasn't like we sat down, we're like, we got to do this, but it very much feels like a summer of making up for, uh, two years of not having things to do. Sure. Which is nice. Um, was nice. I'll admit this week, this weekend, uh, my wife was out of town, uh, and I got to do nothing all weekend, which was great because we have been and rolling. busy every the, weekend pretty much, uh, the in the dream. summer. But uh, it was great. Uh, but yeah, it's been good. It's been nice to just be doing stuff, you know? It's been nice to see people and have activities to do. Sports are on again. That beautiful weather. Uh, that, oh, it's too hot. I don't like the weather. Today today and yesterday, this weekend was too hot. Yesterday, I'll, was, I'll just, yesterday was disgusting. That gross-ass humidity. No, yeah. no place for it. No. If you, if you want to give me 40 degrees with no humidity, that's fine. But... Uh, Hard to find. This community is awful, but no, things are things are pretty good. You know, kind of same old, same old. Uh, but uh, nothing devastating. No mental breaks recently. So that's uh, all you can ask. I'll for. take it for now. Yeah, I would say uh, must be nice to that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, How are you? No. We're getting it. We're getting by. Um, yeah, we, we were on the road again this weekend. It is Melissa's mother's birthday, my mother-in-law's birthday, as well as yours. So we were in uh, St. Thomas for a day for exactly 24 hours. I got to do a little road treat. We drive the baby and the and the dog, and I got a. Do they still have the uh, the ice cream caboose there? I'm sure they do. It is the railway city, after all. Um, they're on the sort of the outskirts. On the outskirts, we don't really go into town mm, that's uh, when we go there. But uh, yeah, nice to see some family. I think. Always refreshing for Melissa to get in there and get some family love and get some other people holding the baby. And, um, you know, we had uh, a rough week. Parents will know this. Parents will get this. Dad getting out there will understand. Our baby is in between three and four months old, um, which I didn't know until he turned three months old is like the scariest, shittiest sort of run of the early ages that transition between three and four. My little app, I was talking about, I'm talking about before, the little, like, he has leaps sort of thing. This right. is a 30, this is a 35 day leap he is going through. <laughs> oh boy. So it's sort of like, I, it's hard to explain. He's sort of like beginning to understand things, not in any deep level, but like the idea of routine is possible now. And like the idea of like, he knows he's being put to bed is sort of like mm. starting. It's not there yet, but he like has the glimmers of it. So it can be very difficult. The sleep regression, sometimes his naps don't last very long. When his naps don't last very long, um, the amount of time that my wife and I get to relax goes down dramatically. The time we get to do uh, a little bit of nothing goes down. Um, so we're battling, but um, yeah, it should be okay. I, uh, yeah, it should be okay. We, we sort of had, it's one of those things, you're supposed to start sleep training at four months, which is like, the idea is he doesn't know how to go to sleep. He he goes to sleep, but he doesn't know how to do it like on purpose sort of thing. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, so the idea is you need to get him to be able to put himself to sleep because right now we sort of have to guide him to sleep the whole way. And once he puts himself to sleep, then we can start like 
putting him to bed and leaving the room and like putting him to bed and like being together uh, downstairs and like having our lives back, uh, which is very important, uh, obviously, but especially for, for my wife, I'm sort of, because I'm the dad and because she feeds him, um, I get some of that time anyway. I sort of get um, to have it. So it's important for her to sort of get that part of her life back. And um, I know it can be very difficult and I'm sure Again, I'm sure parent getting out there, so hearing the three to the three to four month window and being like, "Goodness gracious, this is a disaster." But it hasn't been so bad. He's been he's been pretty good. Uh, sometimes the naps are a little short, and that ends up making it a real battle to get him to bed at night. But <laughs> so it goes. So it goes. You're always sort of battling him, and the the, the sleep catch up uh, doesn't really ever happen. So so we live. Well, <laughs> I mean, yes, that it, that's. I will say, I know that this is not helpful at all, but that does seem pretty, like, standard parenting things. It is standard parenting stuff, for sure. And I'm trying to communicate as best I can to my wife that, like, this will end. It will, we will, right. we, he will eventually fall asleep on his own. That, that It feels like never, it feels like it's never going to happen, and it feels like it's been forever, but, like... Eventually, we will get to month four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, you know, a year, and he will be sleeping on his own, and we will be able to put him down and walk away. That it, it all will happen. It just it, nothing, nothing will ever happen immediately or as fast as it seems like it should. So, it's a battle, but we are in the trenches every single day. Well, I mean, in the trenches is sort of all you can do, right? It or, is all you can do. No, I can do, but it's just, it's just what it is. Just battle him all day, every day. Just at war with this kid constantly. Uh, okay, that's it for my inside my life. I don't have anything else. You have anything else? No, that's it. Anything you ate? Anything you watched? Anything you enjoy? No, not really. Yeah, I had uh, I had a Coke with coffee, vanilla on the on the weekend. Ooh, I saw that. That looked fun. So good. So good. I try not to drink my calories. I try to be like yeah, no. I try not to drink calories ever. So I'm, I'm like, the same, but uh, other than all the beer. But, uh, yes, exactly right. I was like, I deserve it. I deserve a treat for the road trip. Was, oh, I was like, you know what? Too often are we all business here on the road. Let's get some treats. I got a big, a big meat stick and a uh, and a Coke with coffee, vanilla. And it was fucking so good. I was like, oh, my God, this would this is why I can't drink my calories, because this is unbelievable how good this is. <laughs> um, my wife got a vitamin water and a Kit Kat. She must know. Um, it also had a Kit Kat McFlurry. That's the other thing I ate this week that I that was notable. Oh, I do like a flavor McFlurry. I had a uh, Reese's Blizzard a couple weeks ago. That was delightful. Well, right on cue, Jake. We're going to get into the mailbag then, and we'll we'll dive a little deeper into our food takes. Let's after do this. it. Time for the mailbag, and I think there's a phone call in here. Ooh! I, sw- I swear to God, I think somebody. I think some. I think my my literal two months of complaining. <laughs> Let's crank it up here. We're going to go to the phone lines. This is uh, this is this is Paul on the line. Hey guys, it's Paul. Uh, long time, second time. Uh, I was just wondering, what is your definitive power rankings of non-meat items? to grill on the barbecue. 
Thanks. Keep up the great work. Love you. Bye. Non-meat items good. to grill on the barbecue. Uh, all right. Okay, so I like a. You, you gotta like. Uh, you gotta like like pepper, like a pep, like a pepper. Like a, like yeah. a pepper. Uh, I love a grilled pineapple. I was gonna say pineapple is the first thing that comes to my head. Yeah, me too. Grilled pineapple and you put it on a burger or something. Yeah, it's so good. Grilled pineapple, uh, like portobello mushroom caps. Mm. If you want like a, a a meat substitute burger. Uh, yeah, peppers for sure. Grilled zucchini's not bad. Yep. Most I think I think it's I think it's pineapple pepper. Most like I don't know root vegetables I find yes. work well on the on a grill with a char. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think pineapple peppers and uh, mushrooms would be my portobello mushrooms would be my top three. Great picks. Uh, I, I will also do pineapple. I will also do peppers. Uh, and it, I guess onion can be tough, but I think onion grilled onion. Come on. Oh yeah, just a yeah. I mean, onions are just great. Onions are just great. Um, sticking with food, James Nielsen hits us up on Twitter at less than Jays. What's your go-to DQ Blizzard or similar ice cream ice cream treat? Ooh, I mean, I don't eat them very often. I will admit. I will admit. But as I just said, I had a uh, Reese's Blizzard uh, on the road back from Hanover, uh, actually, and it yes. was delicious. First time I had a Blizzard in probably twenty years. Uh, it was a great time. When it comes to peanut, when it comes to ice cream, uh, I lo- I'm looking first off at peanut butter and chocolate. If you can get me a peanut butter and chocolate ice cream, that's what I'm probably going to order every time. Um, so yeah, the the peanut, the, the Reese's uh, Blizzard is is really good. I think there's it's really hard Reese's peanut butter. I would have you 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 do anything you collab anything with Reese's peanut butter. I'm gonna be, I'll try it at least once. Absolutely. There's no questions asked. Absolutely um, correct. But I will give a shout out to the to the Kit Kat McFlurry. It was really, really good. I I just like the Blizzard because uh, I like that they still have to turn them upside down. You gotta turn it upside down. How else will you to believe it? It wouldn't so, fall out. So stupid. But I'm into it. Here's a great one uh, from Kelly Toomey. Uh, when you play a sports video game as a creative player, if you play as a creative player, do you put yourself in the position you played? Strength of your favorite team be damned, or in a position of need for your team of choice? Oh, never. This is a little bit. <laughs> Things have obviously changed a little bit with the way that these modes work now. When, you know, when we were kids, Jake, you just you made yourself and you put all the stats however you want, and it was that was how it is. Yeah. Now they make you got to fucking grind and play all play forever. Fucking bullshit. Absolutely. Uh, I uh, depends on the sport on the game. If it's a sport right. I actually play, then I'll put myself where I play in real life. If it's a sport I don't play, I put myself where I think I would most like to play. Right, uh, I agree. to play that sport, uh, but never for need. Absolutely never for need. No, of course not. BPA, best player available. Yeah. Uh, for like a baseball game, I put myself. I'll, I'll play third or short. Just something that's like you want to. You want to. You want the defensive things to happen a lot. You want to. You know, you play left field in a video game. It's like all right. Yeah. Well, the, you, that's, what, are you, what are you doing? Yeah, you don't want to play. You know, center back in FIFA. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Uh, exactly. Right. So you, you would uh, attacking midfielder usually in FIFA. So it's like you you can take it and score and set up goals. But you can also you can also run back if you really needed to. And then I usually put myself as a power forward uh, in the in the basketball games. Yeah, power forward. Our basketball games. I'm usually point guard just because you can hold the ball all the time and it's the smallest person. I feel wrong being tall in games. <laughs> well. I, 
one of those funny things, obviously going up to small town. I'm I'm six feet tall, six foot. I think six foot one. I measured uh, when we went to the doctor, um, which is which is like it's regular person, like not tall, but like regular person, like no one would ever call me short. But I would never be an NBA player, right? right. I, I'll never be an NBA power forward. But by nature of being like a slightly above average height person, when I played in like high school, I was like a power forward center because I was like tall. So it's like. You you have to completely. I make myself like six ten in the games because I was like, well, I ha- that's the position that I play, but it's not the height. You can't be a six foot power forward. You wouldn't get anything off ever. <laughs> right. You bang the glass, low post moves, old school. Kevin McHale. Uh, other white guy catchphrases. I don't even know. <laughs> um, um, speaking of food, Andrew Robertson asks us, who do you think makes a better peanut butter and jelly sandwich, George Springer or Vladdy? Ooh, I think George just because of experience. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Vlad's never made a meal for himself in his entire life. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean that as a criticism. No, I, mean I that think as that's like absolutely... I'm envious. I think that's absolutely correct. But all the story when he first came up was like, his grandmother still cooks for him. And I was like, well, that's good, but... <laughs> yeah, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwich isn't difficult, but I don't see him making his own meals uh, ever in his entire life. Yeah, I think that's uh, probably accurate. So I'm going to give it to George as well. I think George has had to butter a peanut butter and jam once or twice um i don't love that commercial well, i think it's it's fine you know who can act is that jordan romano jordan romano is a hell of an actor i will say how does that make you feel when you see jordan romano acting i'm just glad he's trying <laughs> so many of those guys just like so much of so much of it's just like i love product for sure at least romano's yeah giving. they don't even give they didn't give vladdy and george even lines yeah at least romano's Doing his best. They should give George, they should give Trent Thornton a commercial. I'd love to see that. Yeah, that's a huge weirdo. I'd watch that. You know who's low key a good a good speaker and a funny guy is Matt Chapman. Did you see the Matt Chapman? Uh, Drake? I did uh, see that. Yeah, so that's a personal guy. Chapman's really coming. Yeah, really coming on in the second half. Knows how to tell a story. Um, and then finally, last one up our alley. Cool hand Dan. Where does Mitch White rank all time? In hottest Blue Jays. You know, nothing against Mitch White, but I don't think he's up there. You don't think he's up there? He's not even the hottest guy on the team currently. Well, I mean, listen, George Springer stands in the league. George Springer is very attractive. Teoscar and Lourdes are very attractive. That's true. Um, In like a dirty kind of way, I think Simber is a really attractive guy. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Uh, Bo is I'm, very I'm, cute. I'm into the Mitch White, uh, half Korean, beautiful family. Yeah, I, I, I got Mitch White like seventh on the team, I think. Wow, I have it much higher than that. It's, all time is hard. It's, it's hard to remember. All time is very hard. Handsome dudes before this. Well, because like Jose Batista is very hot. Very so handsome. So is Russell man. Martin. Yes, that's true. That's factual. Devin Travis was a good Devin looking Devin Travis kid. was a very good looking man. Um, we're just naming Hawkeyes, whatever. Hey, come! I have Mitch White up there, but you have him seven. Come to the. Sh- I think. I think. I think on the team right now, I have him. I have him. Uh, I'd probably put him. Probably put him behind Springer, and Tay Oscar. I think I have him sixth. I'm gonna rephrase that. I have him sixth. That's pretty good. We've all we've all soured on Bobuchet. Is the is the in all in all ways. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that closes up the mailbag. If you want to be involved, you can always call us, 833-714-7774, like our friend Paul did. Paul called, and it was great, and we talked about it. See? Grilled vegetables. Thanks, Paul. Beautiful. Great question. Thank you, Paul. 
Easy to do. See, not that hard. 833-714-7774. Or you can hit us on Twitter at less than Jays or email us less than Jays at gmail.com. That is it for the mailbag. We'll be right back to close this thing out. Jake, um, boy, end of the show. Um, reverse mailbag is is a month is a month old. I know. Remember, I remember I did a month ago. I did pop chips in a bar. I think is what I did, right? Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. And I don't remember if anybody responded to it because it was so long ago. Lots happened. So apologies if you got yours in. We missed it. What's your what's what's your road trip pop chip in a bar? Uh, Miss Vicky's jalapeno is the chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, pop is just uh, some sort of iced tea. Not a big pop guy, but some sort of iced tea. And oh, uh, bars, uh, I love me a coffee crisp. That's a good, you're having a good time in the backseat. I am. I actually am curious about this. I was thinking about this. I was in the car this week, uh, and I was thinking about this. I wonder, we've never been in a car together before, have we? I don't think so, no. What is your, what's your car demeanor like? I think people, the way people behave in a car, I think, is different than how they behave just in general i'm pretty pretty chill about it i i grew up you know as the only child in the back seat i had like headphones in at all times uh even right. on like short car trips till i was like 19 uh so i'm pretty chill in the back seat i mostly just i'll like i'm i'll engage in conversation obviously like i'm not not talking to people in the front because i'm in the back but you need uh, to be constantly stimulated though yeah i just sit back and enjoy the ride i'm also quiet in the car i think i think I think it's a it's a pensive time. It's the, it's the old when you're a kid pretending you're in a music video sort of thing where you're looking out the window. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> I like to be quiet in the car. That's sort of a... Maybe it's because I was the baby. Uh, not, with never headphones but and, and didn't like to read or like look, look at stuff on them because you get the motion sickness. Um, but just sort of being quiet in the car, pensive, thoughtful. Um, a very it's a very peaceful moment for me and now i'm now i'm always driving i'm always driving so i i quietly drive and sometimes my wife will be like is there anything, anything wrong i'm like no i just I'm just quiet in the car i'm a quiet in the car kind of guy what do you want from me yeah no i, I am too uh we have two submissions i went all the way back from july 5th Perry Perry pie with coke snickers ruffles cheddar and sour cream that's a those are two classics off the top coke and snickers might be on my list we'll see uh foul out boy Diet Pepsi, O. Henry, Nacho Cheese Doritos, also really close to what I might get. Um, great picks. I think I would go, I would go probably Coke Zero. Mm. And maybe now, maybe the Coke with cow, you, maybe the Coke with coffee. Not a Pepsi Max? Oh, I do love a, give me a fucking Pepsi Max. I do love, <laughs> I do love a fucking Pepsi Max. So yeah, it'd be either a Pepsi Max or the Coke with coffee vanilla. Because uh, that's so good. That's all I can think about. I'm going to I'm um, gonna have to try that. I'm not a pop guy, but I'm going to have to try that yeah. for sure. Um, bar, it does sort of come down to like, oh, Henry peanut butter or Snickers. I think I'd probably lean Snickers, but also sometimes on car rides, I like to get like an M&M peanut or like a Glossette peanut. Something mm. to, something that I don't want, because I, when I get a chocolate bar, Jake, I eat it so fast. It's disgusting. I just like wolf my chocolate bars down. I'm not able to, so I, sometimes I need like the individual candy to take my time with. You understand? Yes. And then the bag, yeah, I'm, I'm with Fallout Boy. The red bag, nacho cheese Doritos, classic red bag of Doritos. Polish those off in no time flat. That's my pop chips in a bar. 
when I stop at the gas station. Uh, and or a big meat stick. Mm-mm-mm. Pepperoni stick, good stuff. Jake, is there anything else? You have, do you have a reverse mailbag question? No, I, I'm putting you on the spot here. No, I, you know what I thought of one this afternoon? Uh, and it's just a... Uh, it's super easy. Because uh, why not? Uh, as we discussed at the top, today's my birthday. So uh, what's your favorite birthday gifts you've ever got? What's your favorite birthday gifts? Beautiful. Uh, let us know your favorite birthday gifts. 833-714-7774. At Less Than Jays on Twitter or Less Than Jays at gmail.com. It is the reverse mailbag. What is your favorite birthday gift? Jake, a great one. Uh, that is it. I'm going to let you go. It's a little bit shorter, but I knew you had a place to be. You have That's you right. have beers and baseball to watch. It has been a pleasure to talk to you, Jake. I wish you the happiest of birthdays. Uh I hope that you have a great night. I hope on Wednesday you have great seafood. Say hello to your wonderful wife for me. That is it from me and Jake. We thank you so much for being a part of Less Than Jay's. <laughs>